God is at work in our work. Our work is good. It is right that we should find dignity in our work. It is right that we should find it fulfilling. It is right that we should enjoy doing it well. And as Gareth said last week, in, in this sense there is no real divide between spiritual work and secular work. The truth is that the whole world is ablaze with the glory of God's work. God is at work in everything. There is calling in everything, there is commission in everything. It's part of our design, it's part of our drive. And this is why we find work fulfilling. It's why it brings us contentment, it's why it brings us joy. It's why even in our spare time, we just find new ways to work, right? We, we plant allotments, we learn to play musical instruments, we volunteer, we form football teams, we sew blankets. I, I don't know what you do, like, you know, we lift weights, we, you know, <laughs> whatever. We strive, we do things, we work. It's part of our created DNA. It's part of our commission. So that's point number one. And, but if that's true, if, if we are designed to work, if, it, if, it, if it's sort of fundamental to our, our function and it brings us happiness, then, actually, then why is our experience of work so hard so often, right? Because work can... Be really, it can be hard. It can be frustrating. It can be disappointing. It can be, it can feel meaningless. It's like that in my allotment, but it's like that in my work as well. It's like that in our work in general. Work can be frustrating. It can be disappointing. We we can work super hard with our best intentions, with our best skills, with our best efforts, pouring energy and effort into our work. And the fruit can be very disappointing. You know, sometimes our work can be entirely fruitless. Things just go wrong. Things don't work. We face obstacles in our work. You know, obstinate co-workers that we just can't figure out. Customers that we don't see eye to eye, eye, to eye with. You know, despite our skill and our energy and our intentions, we make mistakes. You know, things go wrong. Some people, you know, you may be sitting here this morning thinking uh, I've never even been given the opportunity to use my skills and my ability I've just not I've never never had the opportunity I've been cut out I've been blocked out of this this fulfilling work and it's frustrating and it's disappointing the question is you know why is work so hard you know I find it in my allotment I find it in my career why is it so fruitless sometimes? You know, so it, it, think of an example. In the last few months, there are thousands of businesses that people have been pouring their creative energy into for the service, for the good of community, that have been decimated through no fault of their own because of disease. You know, jobs lost, creative energy wasted, skills uh, unused, fruitlessness. What, what is, how does that work with this idea that we are designed, that we are created, that, we, that this is part of, part of created order, that we should be working in this way? Why is it so fruitless? Why is it so difficult? Well, the Bible is very realistic about this, as it is with everything. For everything that it says about the glory of God's design for work, it also says that our experience of that work is, is not going to be like that. And the reason for that is that, as you know, the, the story of Genesis is not just the story of our creation and our commissioning, but it's also the story of how we, humanity, walked away from everything that made it possible for us to fulfill that commission properly. You know, Adam and Eve eating that fruit from that tree, walking away from the authority and trust in God. 
the tragedy of that that moment that's recorded in Genesis is, is not the moment that they eat the fruit, right? It's the moment that Adam and Eve allow their attitude, their idea of God to change. To, to change from being an all-powerful, all-good, all-loving, perfect father, perfect authority, to being actually maybe, some, maybe a guy that we can't trust anymore. You know, maybe he's trying to uh, put something past us, hold, hold something back from us. You know, maybe we need to figure this out for ourselves. Maybe we need to go our own way. And that determination to go our own way, which humanity has held on to for hundreds of years, thousands of years since, and which we still hold on to now, that determination to go our own way has taken us to a place that we were never designed to be and that none of us want to be. In Genesis 3, there is this, uh, you know, a long passage where God talks about the implications, the result of the decision that Adam and Eve have made uh, to walk away from his authority, to, to reject him by eating the fruit. And a lot of what he says is directed specifically at this commission of their work. This idea that they are commissioned and they are made to go out and continue the good work of God's creation, forming and filling. Uh, and, and basically what God is saying is that this stuff is going to be much harder for you now than it was. It's going to be much harder for you. And it's illustrated in, you know, the filling part of it is illustrated in the, in the pain of childbirth. You know, it's going to be difficult for you to go forth and multiply because it's going to be hard work having children. And the forming part, you know, the idea of moulding our surroundings and subduing the earth is uh, illustrated in this idea that we will work by the sweat of our brow in the dust and we will bring forth thorns and thistles. It's all directed at that commission. It's all, it's, he's talking about our work. And what we need to understand about this is that uh, this is not a punishment from God, right? This is not God saying, you've disobeyed me, you've been naughty, you've sinned, and so I'm going to punish you, I'm going to make your life harder. What God is doing here is he is just describing the natural consequences of the decision that they've made. Because now Adam and Eve are... Uh, trying to fulfill their commission, they're trying to live out their life, but they're doing it separated from the love and the authority and the acceptance of God that, that gave all of that stuff its meaning and that gave them their being. And so they've just become this sort of mess of uh, creativity and motivation and drive and dignity and guilt and shame and incompleteness and brokenness and self-consciousness. Uh, they're, they're driving, they're striving to fulfill their created drive, to subdue the earth, to mould their surroundings, but they're doing it painfully aware of their nakedness, their frailty, their weakness, separated from God. And so the message of Genesis is, is stark and practical for us. It says that we are incomplete, that we are restless, that we're uncertain of ourselves, that we're self-conscious, and that we're trying to live out our life, we're trying to live out our commission in a way that we were never designed to, to live. And humanity has been doing that for, for thousands and thousands of years. And we have created, we have formed a world that is as broken and brittle and incomplete as we are. 
and it has profound implications for every element of our life. It has profound implications for our relationships, for the for you know the, for what we do with our passions and, and with our motivation. It has profound implications for our work. Despite our best intentions, despite our best endeavours, we bring forth thorns and thistles that block our path, resulting from a world that is shot through with uncertainty and incompleteness that is rudderless without the authority of God. Our best endeavours, our best uh, efforts hit hard against the reality of a broken world and, and so our work is frustrating, our work is difficult, our work is challenging. Just as I, I, I get brambles whenever I try and bring up food from the ground here, so too all of human effort is frustrated by those same thorns and thistles. So that's point number two, the frustration of work. But please, it's beginning to rain here, please uh, don't turn off your video now because I've got to bring us back from this, this point of frustration. The story that I've been telling you here, this is point number, number three, the future of work. The story that I've been telling you here is, is not new to you, right? This is Christian 101. God is good. He created a good world. That world has been corrupted because those he commissioned to steward it lost themselves by rejecting him, by walking away from him. And now all of creation bears the mark of that brokenness. All of the good of creation, all, all, all of God's good creation, the things that are good at their core are tainted, are infected, are impeded by this brokenness, by sin. And it's very, uh, it makes life very hard for us, right? Uh, but because you know this story, you know that this is not the end of the story, right? You know that the rest of this book, I'm going to put my hoe down and pick up my Bible. The rest of this book is just a step-by-step uh, -step unfolding of God's plan for restoration, the gospel. The, the restoration of that key relationship between God and humanity, the breaking of which resulted in all of this brokenness. He did it at infinite cost to himself through Jesus on the cross to make it possible, to make a way open for us to come back to him, to reform that relationship, to get back to our created design, to get back to where we should be, to establish a kingdom in this world that when it reaches its fulfillment will utterly comprehensively renew all of creation the end of disease and death and decay and destruction and conflict and the restoration of perfect peace, justice and joy. This is where we're heading. This is where we're heading. We know as Christians, we know the beginning of the story, we know the end of the story, we know where we are and that should change the way that we behave, right? The way that we think, the way that we react particularly to our work. So let me leave you here with just two encouragements as the rain starts pouring down. The first encouragement is this. If you are feeling frustrated in your life, if you're feeling frustrated, then this story tells you that that's okay, that, that you're right to feel frustrated. It is right that your vision for where you should be in your life, what the, the 
efforts of your hands or your, your endeavours should, should bring. It is right that, that that vision should be bigger than what you're actually seeing and delivering, right? It is right that when you look at your life, when you look at this world, that you should be frustrated. When you see the injustice, when you see poverty, when you see a lack of opportunity, miscommunication, conflict, when you see natural disasters, when you see disease in, in your body, right? When you see COVID-19 and all of, the, all of the damage that it's wrought in our society, you, know, you should look at that and you should be frustrated. You are created with God's creativity, with his drive, with his motivation, with his dignity to work, with a commission to shape the world, to improve, to develop, to grow his good creation. And you, you are being impeded by thorns and thistles. You should be cross about it, right? I would go as far as to say that if your vision for what you could uh, be achieving and what you could be contributing to, to society through, through the efforts of your hands, if your, if your vision is, is, is not frustrating, you know, if you're not seeing disappointment, if your vision is not bigger than what you're, you're actually experiencing, then let me tell you, I, I, I think your vision is too small. You've allowed your vision to be stifled. You've allowed yourself to be squashed. This is not the world that we were designed for. And don't get me wrong, you know, don't hear what I'm not saying here. Right? We as Christians, we talk about satisfaction a lot and we should be satisfied as Christians because we stand on a rock of salvation, secure in the love and acceptance of our perfect Father. And we need nothing else for, for ourselves in life. We're satisfied, right? But that doesn't mean that this world is not satisfactory. You know, this world is not satisfactory when you look around at this world. Just because we're satisfied doesn't mean that we should stop striving. We're designed to strive. We're designed to change things. We're designed to shape things. It's right for us to be frustrated. And we can turn that frustration into creative energy. That's point number one. And the last point, the very last point I want to leave you with here is that whilst that frustration is good. I think, you know, it is an expression of our godly passion, right? We mustn't ever forget the end of the story. We mustn't ever forget where we're going because that, uh, when you do that, then that frustration turns into despondency. It turns into meaninglessness. And we start looking at what we're doing and we're thinking that we just, you know, we're just one, one person in, in, you know, in this mess of a world. And what can we do to to, to change things and and we get like the the philosopher in in ecclesiastes meaningless meaningless everything is meaningless all of human endeavor is just chasing after the the wind everything under the sun just chasing after the wind uh, because we know it's true that without god and without his plan for restoration without the gospel it is all meaningless it will all ultimately be, be fruitless, but we know the end of the story, right? Let me read you, uh, let me read you something from 1 Corinthians 15, 58. We know the end of the story. We know that with God, our endeavours, our work has eternal, um, imperishable significance. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. And we know the work of the Lord is not just, you know, spiritual work, right? It's not just praying and evangelism and running a church and preaching a, a sermon. The, the whole world is ablaze with the glory of God's work. Every endeavor of your hand, everything that comes out of that striving within in you to make change is God's work. Always give yourself fully to the work 
of the Lord because you know, because you know, because you know where we're going, you know the end of the story, because you know your labour is not in vain. There will be obstacles, there will be challenges, there will be plenty of things in our vision and, and in our hopes that we don't fulfil, right? But we will never let that be disheartening to us because whatever befalls us we know where we're going we know the end point we know where we're heading to and it is good perfect restoration renewal justice joy there will be obstacles there will be difficulties there will be challenges but we won't let them make us self-conscious and uncertain because we know where we stand, right? We are secure, complete in, in the love and acceptance of our perfect Father. And no one can take that away from us. Nothing, no, no failure can take that away from us, right? We work out of a position of love and acceptance, not, not in order to gain love and acceptability, right? There will be obstacles, there will be thorns and thistles, but we will never be powerless against them. We will never feel powerless in this world because we know that going before us and standing at our back is one whose authority holds all things together and who is working all things together for good. Let me encourage you this morning, be vigorous in your labour, be vigorous in your ambition. Don't let yourself be stifled and squashed. Strive, it is part of your created DNA and the promise of the Bible is that that work is not in vain. It's not in vain. Thank you very much.